This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by Springer Nature. It's the official journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. It's still relatively early days in the search for therapeutics that target the mechanisms of early-onset genetic disorders, and this month's issue of Genetics and Medicine has some good news in the field of therapeutics, plus a study that didn't go quite as well as was hoped. First, the good news. It's about a drug to treat achondroplasia, which is the most common form of dwarfism. Until now, there's been no treatment for the underlying pathology. Children with achondroplasia have a pathogenic variant in a gene that basically puts the brakes on growth. The common causative variant was discovered in 1994, and since then, scientists have been figuring out how that variant affects bone growth and whether there's a molecule that can fix the abnormal signaling, basically to take the brakes off and thus allow bones to grow. A decade ago, one such molecule was discovered. It's called vasoratide. So it is a precision therapy, and it was developed around 10 years ago and tested in mice, and that was when myself and our group got involved and began the clinical development program uh, to taste its safety and efficacy. Ravi Savarayan is a professor of genetics at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute in Melbourne, Australia, and one of the authors of the new study. First, Dr. Savarayan and his team conducted two previous studies. The first was a safety study, and the second was an open-label study with no placebo comparison group in which the participants showed improvements. His third study was recently published in the journal Genetics and Medicine. This is the kind of... uh, the proof of the pudding, really, because this study was the phase three, which was a double-blind, randomized control study. So a gold standard study where um, randomized 121 children uh, and 61 of those children were randomized to receive a placebo, an inactive um, medication, and the other 60 received vasoratide. And that was for one year. And then after one year, all the children received vasoratide. And so we were able to show for those children that receive drug from day one, their growth velocity improved by about 1.6 centimetres over the year compared to the children that received the inactive placebo. And then in the second year of the trial, when all of the children received vasoratide, meaning those on placebo went to active drug, their growth velocity also increased 1.6 centimetres and remained like that. So that was very, very important data to show that this medication is safe and it's effective and it's not anything to do with a placebo effect or uh, a random effect. This has already led to dramatic improvements in quality of life for study participants. So the children who have increased work of um, walking when they have longer arms and longer legs, that's decreased. We also are now seeing that children, especially young teenagers, can now toilet themselves independently because their arms are longer, which means they can reach to the areas that need um, personal hygiene. And also just things like better access to the environment, being able to step onto trams and public transport by themselves, not being the only child that is not meeting the height requirement for a ride at an amusement park. All of these things are the things that the families are telling us their children can now do, um, ride a bike more easily, uh, all of those types of stuff. So these are the really important things that we're seeing now. The drug has been approved for use in children aged two and above in Europe, and soon it's expected that the approval will extend to the Middle East and to Africa. It's also currently under consideration in the U.S. and in Australia. The drug could benefit hundreds of thousands of children worldwide. Next, the researchers will be conducting a study on even younger children because children with achondroplasia have a dramatically increased risk of sudden infant death syndrome, and starting the drug earlier could potentially both help prevent death and also kickstart the child's growth that much earlier. It's very exciting because it's actually shown that we can do this and that there are 
potential really good treatments for rare genetic diseases. And now for the not quite as good news, scientists were investigating a drug called tocilizumab for use in patients with a mutation in the PIK3CA gene, which leads to PIK3CA overgrowth spectrum, or PROS. It can, since it's happening in during the fetal life, uh, depending on when and where it happens during the fetal life, it can express an overgrowth, sometimes in the brain, sometimes in the arm, sometimes in the belly. And that's why it's a very complicated disease because every patient is different and every phenotype, so presentation is different. So in fact, we have one disease, but each patient is very special and unique. Maxime Lu is a medical doctor of pharmacology at the University Hospital of Dijon in France and is one of the study's authors. There are currently no treatments for this disease, only ongoing surgeries to manage the growths. The drug was chosen because it's already in use to treat breast cancer, in particular cancer where there's an overactivity of the PIK3CA gene, which is the same overactivity as in PROS. Because the two diseases have the same mechanism of action, they decided to study the effect of tocilizumab and PROS. First, participants were to take part in a safety evaluation at one milligram, which is lower than what cancer patients take. And then if that went well, they'd receive the increased dose of two milligrams. The trial was prematurely stopped after enrolling 17 patients and after treating 17 patients due to occurrence of two serious adverse events. Uh, which was a criteria uh, to stop the trial. One patient developed colitis, which was treated, but then it recurred, so the patient was removed from the trial. A second patient presented with meningitis, an inflammation of the tissue protecting the spinal cord and brain. There was a formal process to determine if these events were related to the drug. The colitis was indeed deemed to be related because it came back when the patient started taking the drug again. The brain inflammation might have existed before treatment, but it's known that the drug can lead to inflammation in general, so though it's not known to be a causal relationship, the trial was still halted. The trial did go on long enough, though, for them to start to evaluate whether the low dose had an effect on tumor growth. We had a very wide range of intensity of effect, which this time was very surprising sometimes and very informative because overall the effects of the overgrowth is not so strong. Uh, when you see uh, the result of the study, we have only a few percent of uh, tissue volume reduction, but it varies very uh, largely from patient to, to another patient because in the article, there is an imagery uh, of the cervix, and uh, you see that there is a very strong uh, reduction of the overgrowth uh, at this site, while in some patients you have uh, just a stabilization and clearly, clinically, no uh, real improvement. What we, we saw in most of patients is that in patient-reported outcomes, in daily symptoms, mainly in pain, we have a very uh, important improvement in quality of life, but not measured by the questionnaire, the, the classic questionnaire uh, of quality of life, but uh, in what patients reported to us. This can be just the self-pain evaluation or the consumption of, of drugs uh, or the, uh, the, the working parameter or even 
their daily activities or the mood. The manufacturer of the drug decided not to proceed with this line of investigation, but the news isn't all negative. Novartis also has a drug that works in a similar manner, and so the scientists are currently designing a study to use this drug specifically for a type of PROS-related encephalopathy, an overgrowth in the brain. They also want to design trials for younger children when the cellular activity is heightened and the drug might have a more significant impact on reducing growth. Dr. Lu says there are a number of positive takeaways from the research. The big picture for, for the future is first that even in rare diseases, it's possible to conduct a formal evaluation of drugs. That is something very important because with the huge progress in genetics, we are going in an era of therapeutics. We are progressively genes which are discovered, genes responsible for some disease, several diseases are, are discovered. And now that the genes are discovered, the question will be naturally, can we treat our patient with this genetic disease with those treatments? And we have the drug, we have the patients, we have the targets. So we need to conduct correctly the evaluation. And Dr. Liu hopes that the research they're doing now is laying the groundwork for a therapeutic in the future that does indeed treat PROS at the source. Genetics and Medicine is the official journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by Springer Nature. I'm Cynthia Graber.